Gloria, thank you for that uh, song, uh, Majesty. <clears throat> I love it very much, as I'm sure the rest of us do. And it uh, fits right in. So that always blesses a preacher when something fits right in. <clears throat> I titled my message today a simple one. Our walk with Jesus. That's it. Our walk with Jesus. From the moment we're born again to the moment we see him face to face, that's our walk with Jesus. I, um, in way of in, in, introduction, I'm going to gravitate back to my grandson. Uh, most of you know him as Bubby. Those of you who don't, he's, uh, he's Jordan Anthony Ackle. He's a spirited little fella, as are most soon to be four. He's an amazing kid. He, uh, he really, really is a people person. I don't know too many toddlers in the history of our church that once he figures out a way to sneak down the stairs, uh, the first place he goes is into the fellowship room and chats with people. It's not a real known, but he's, he's very happy doing that. And he's a, he's a very smart boy, and he's a spirited boy. Did I mention he's four? <laughs> Soon to be four. <clears throat> so the story today and how it ties in with the message is his mom, Natalie, uh, homeschools himself and his older sister, Haley, as do many women here, homeschool their children. I say kudos to you. And uh, just watching uh, Taylor at home with uh, um, Colin, I think of his real name. I never use real names. Um, it's a lot of work. But the rewards are phenomenal, monumental. And one thing she always does uh, to Haley, teacher's pet, and Bubby, is to make sure whatever they do, that they remember that Parker is watching. Parker is that's rolling and pulling the pulling it in. And uh, so she said, this was uh, Bubby, as he will be called for the rest of the message or this time. Um, in the classroom, Natalie is the teacher. They are the students to treat with respect. Remember that from time to time, Jordan will be in there listening and doing his thing, but listening. And so she makes a good point to stress that. Make sure you're on your best behavior. Haley, no big deal. Teacher's pet. <laughs> Bubby, a boy. <clears throat> so one day she's going over some stuff. And all of a sudden, Bubby goes, he's sort of wandering a little bit. She has to tell him, come on back, come on, pay attention. And the little guy Jordan is off to the corner doing his thing. It looks like he's totally engrossed, you know, is, is zoned out. 
And then finally, Bubby lets the men have heard this, some of them, and uh, lets out this groan, gets out of his chair, and he looks at his mother, the teacher, and he goes, this is really lame. With that, Parker, who's zoned out, jumps out of his chair and he goes, lame, 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 lame. Point being, people are always watching. Kids are always watching. We should remember that as Christians. Let's just take a moment and pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we... Thank you so much for our life we have in you. We are so blessed. We can't thank you enough. We pray this morning that these words be your words. This message be your message. And as always, Lord, hide me behind Calvary. May you just touch lives this morning, Lord Jesus. And if anyone is here who does not understand true salvation, has not yet made a decision that today they would. It would be the first day of the rest of their life, which will never be the same and will be wonderful, joyful, peaceful. Now we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. My text this morning is a very familiar one to most, if not all of you. One of my favorite books of the New Testament, the book of Ephesians, we'll be reading in chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. It is such an accurate description of those of us before we knew Christ. It really is. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked. According to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of air, that being the devil, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, among them we too all formerly lived in the lust of the flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love which with he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. May the Lord bless the reading of his scripture. Quite often in Christianity, when we want to discuss what what we are, how we live, it gets reduced down to one word, our walk. Used a lot. Used a lot in messages. Used amazing amount in the Word of God to describe our life. I looked up a definition just for the fun of it. I was kind of shocked because this is a secular dictionary. It said, to conduct oneself in a particular manner 
pursue a particular course of life or to walk humbly with thy God. Walk. Each one of us has one. Whether we know him or not, we have a walk. It is simply our life with Christ. First Kings chapter two, verses three through four. Keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statues, his commandments, his ordinances, his testimonies, according to what is written in the law of Moses that you may succeed in all that you do and wherever you turn. So that the Lord may carry out his promise, which he spoke concerning me, saying, if your sons are careful of their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart, with all their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. That was God's promise. Unfortunately, from history, we know that that didn't stay. That was broken. Isaiah gives a great reflection of how Christians should walk daily with him. Isaiah 2, 5. Come to the house of Jacob and let us walk in the light of the Lord. Isn't that marvelous? I enjoy that verse a lot. Whether we realize it or not, as born-again Christians, he is with us. Because the Spirit of God is in us. And there will never, ever, ever be a separation of the two. Never. Not based on conduct, not based on anything. Once you're truly born again, that's it. Period. The Spirit of God is in us. That alone should help us to tone it down. To get a grip. But alas, we're sinners. We're going to sin. But how marvelous. When we understand what's happened. And if we're walking with him. And allowing him to run our life. When we sin, we'll know it. It gets awful lonely. It gets troubling. You ever regretted having just said something to someone? Or maybe I'm the only one. Oh, you just, oh, you want it to be over. Yeah, yeah, oh, what did I do? And then there are times when we get stupid. Something really wrong was going on in a company I once worked for. It was a 
single ownership by a gentleman. I was a salesman on the road. We weren't doing real well. And the uh, general manager of the business was lying to our suppliers. I'll cut a check and put it in the mail. You know, that's a joke in business, but this was really happening. Well, I being a Christian and a righteous one to boot, I could only take so much. So I bypassed prayer and asked to talk to him uh, outside and said, Fred, I don't think we should be doing what we're doing. Scrappy guy on a good day. Looks at me and he goes, what are you talking about? I said, I have my desk next year's in the office. I, I can't help but hear the fact that you're telling people you're going to do something and you have no intention of doing it. Well, let's just put it this way to make it short. It didn't go well, conversation. But by golly, I was the banner of truth. I was the banner of light. And I left that place, got my car. It was in Alameda, and I had to go to Redwood City. And uh, this is the stupid part, okay? I sat there for 15 minutes justifying what I did. There's right and there's wrong. And it wasn't until I got on top of the San Mateo Bridge in my confidence that I was what I should have been doing that I realized stupid, arrogant, condescending to this man who does not know Jesus. The rest of that day was horrid, just horrid. Didn't sleep well that night. Knew what I had to do. Though he was doing something wrong, it wasn't my position. I shouldn't have skipped the prayer part, no matter how long it took. So when I got in there, he wasn't having any part of me. So I had to chase him down nicely, carefully. I said, Fred, can I talk to you outside one more time? You bet. Let's go. Went out there. And he's looking at me. He's ready to go at it. And I said, Fred, about yesterday. Yeah? I'm very, very sorry. Please forgive me. I had no right to talk to you the way I did. You're the boss of this company. I'm paid to be a salesman. Please forgive me. As this is happening, this rage and ready to fight starts to just melt. I mean, Drop. And finally he goes, no, 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 no. You were, you were right. You're right. I shouldn't have been doing that. You see, when we conduct ourselves in the right way, people notice. When we, when we act the wrong way, people really notice. But the principles of God still exist When you take the right steps to reconcile, his principles are magnificent. The rest of the time I was there, his his he found a new approach, believe it or not, in taking care of the bills. But we were we were very, very close, very respected to each and every one. The point of it is 
We have a testimony in our walk every day to everyone. We don't get time out. We don't get uh, to be able to go somewhere, be somebody else. We are what we are. We are his. He is our savior. Who should we walk with in this walk with Christ? I think Jesus Christ and his children is a good start. Leviticus 26 verses 3 and 4. If, what of if? Conditional. But if you walk in my statues and keep my commandments. Notice the train. Notice how it flows. What's asked? What then happens? So as to carry them out, then I shall give you rains in their season so that the land will yield its produce and the trees of the field will bear fruit. God will bless those who walk in his ways. And when we don't, we won't be blessed. Hebrews Chapter 24, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 says, Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our assembling together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day draw near. That's why we come to church. Now, he does command us to be at church. There's no doubt about it. There's no such thing as a lone ranger in Christianity. When you run across one, that's just somebody who has real rebel problems. Can't get along with anybody. Okay? When they criticize leadership and they criticize this and that, They're not walking with God. Does that mean we can't disagree? No. But there's a way of going about it. There are only two kinds of Christians. Those who are spirit-filled. What do I mean by that? But you just told us that everybody has the spirit of God in them that is born again. That is true. But what happens if we resist God? What would you what would you call someone who resists God? What is that person doing? Sin. What does the Bible say about Christians who sin against God? They grieve the spirit of God that is in them. When we grieve the Spirit of God, he takes his hands off and arrogance and condescension and numbness to the Spirit of God takes place. And that's why Paul, among others, called those Christians carnal. There's only two kinds, spirit-filled and carnal. We're one or we're the other. A question. Are we happy? 
Trials and tribulations come our way and go. Difficulties are there. But in our life with Christ, not here, not here, because everybody, carnal and spirit-filled, know the word of God. They do. They know how to talk the talk. But here, are we happy? Are we happy with our Savior? Are we joyful? Can a day go by without thanking him for what he has done for us? Much less converse with him. And how do we converse? Prayer. Prayer is simply conversation with our God. And any time, in any place we want to, when we do, He's there to hear us unless we have sinned against him, refused to confess it, refused to humble ourselves before God, and then we have a problem. You see, sin is the great interrupter in our relationship with Jesus Christ. It is what stops the blessing. But forgiveness is the glue that keeps us together with Christ. It's that simple. It does not pay to be stupid, stubborn, and foolish with such a great God who's done such marvelous things for us. Why should we walk our walk with Jesus Christ? The no-brainer answer is because he, he commands us to. It isn't an option. But there's so many blessings in that life. There's so many wonderful things that takes place in that life. And there's things he wants from us. Yes, there are things Jesus Christ wants from each and every one of us. Each and every day. And they're not hard. They're really not hard. So if it's hard, it's us. We're being stubborn. We're being difficult. Okay? He wants us to do something for him. First Corinthians. Chapter six, verse 19 and 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have from God? And that you are not your own? It's getting it caught in it right there. Okay. Can't kind of weasel around it. Can't kind of avoid it. It is so obvious. We no longer are in charge of us. But how did we do before Christ? I don't know about you, but I wasn't doing so good. Okay? But once he takes over, doesn't it make sense to let him have his way with our life? For you have been bought with a price. And we just, we had that this morning, didn't we? We had a wonderful time with Jesus Christ. Um, had nice explanations from Mark and Adam. Adam's not here. He's up 
stairs in his class, but glorify God in your body. That's what he asked from us. How do you think people start to notice there's a difference between us and others? In your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your school, school, okay? How do we glorify him? But he wants that of us. Galatians 5:16 But if I say walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh that's pretty simple that's so to speak basic math if we walk by the spirit it's I don't know, but for me, when I grieve God, life gets miserable real quick. Life gets short. And you have ever noticed, you know, some of us have certain sins that were more predominant than others when we come to Christ. Hmm? I sometimes, when I'm, okay, not exactly where I should be, they start to creep back. Why? Who took those sins away? Who cleansed me from those sins? Who helps me? The Spirit of God gave me the fruit of the Spirit. All those characteristics to help transform us. But the moment I get right with God, the moment I say, God, forgive me, oh, The joy's back. The peace is back. And I like to say it this way. There's a spring in my step. There's a spring in my step that was missing. I don't think that's just me. I think that's most Christians, if not all, can tell when we're right with him and when we're not. Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2, shows us what should help drive us every day. What should help us to weigh our words to other people. What should help us in how to handle people. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love. Say that again. Walk in love. Just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. To God. That's how when we're obedient, when we're walking with him, that's the fragrance fragrance we give him. Question in the last week. How has the fragrance been in our walk? Room for improvement?
We have a testimony the moment we become Christians. After that time, everything that we do in our life is part of our testimony. How we act. How we talk. We need to be careful. We need to be sensitive to those around us. They're watching us like hawks. God not only wants us to glorify him in our lives, but he's hoping that through that we will draw others unto him. First John one verses six through nine. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's one of the fringe benefits of being a believer in Jesus Christ. It doesn't take long to make things right. And we should always know when things need to get right. If we get to the point where we're not sensitive and we don't see what's happening in our walk. We've been walking that way too long. We've been saved from our sins. We've been rescued from the domain of darkness. Can you remember the first day when you got saved? Man, that was great, wasn't it? That was monumental. That was just overpowering. That was just, it was just almost impossible to take everything in, but you could sense what was taking place. And if you haven't ever had that, if you've never been born again, all the work, all the things you think you may do will get you nowhere. If a false profession was made, deep down you've got to know it. Because there is no spirit of God to help. You're having to do it all on your own. You're having to act to act, walk to walk. Say the things. You have to weigh your words. Do you know one thing that's marvelous about Christians when you're right with God? You're spontaneous. You easily converse. When you're not, you've got to weigh your words. You've got to think about your words. Because you're not right. 
And yet it's so easy to get right. He wants us right. He wants to bless us. He wants to lift us up. He wants to strengthen us every day for everything we have to go through. So that we can be a blessing to others and glorify God. Amen? Okay, eyes closed, heads bowed. I want to read you the first part of one of my favorite songs. It's real simple, and it's simple theology. It's from the song, Trust and Obey. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. So as we go to prayer, are we happy? Are we joyful? Are we peaceful? And are we thankful? If yes isn't the answer to all four of those, spend some time with him today. Find out what's wrong. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this church. We thank you for this body of believers. We also thank you for the building, which is not the church. But it's such a wonderful place to fellowship. We thank you for giving it to us. Be with all the kids upstairs, with all the teachers, Lord. Be with each and every person. For those not here, we pray for them. We say a special prayer as the body of Christ at SRVBC for Sally. Lord, you know what has to take place. You have the plan. We just beseech you. We cry to you to be merciful. We cry to you to help her out, Lord Jesus. She's a great saint who served you faithfully. Just be with her as with each and every person here. And we pray all these things in your glorious name, Jesus Christ. Amen.